0: M and K Talk YA now presents Scarlet Part 1 of the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Mayer. Welcome back to M&K Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford.
1: And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. And today we are starting Scarlet, Part 1 of The Lunar Chronicles. This is the second book in the series. And this book is all about, well, it's based on the tale of Little Red Riding Hood.
0: Always a classic.
1: Yeah. And so we did some research about Little Red Riding Hood Do you want to say what you found this week, Katie?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I mentioned this when we were talking about the Cinderella story, but one of the most interesting things to me is just the way I remember hearing the stories growing up. They always seemed uh, much more wholesome than I, or like I recall them more wholesome than when I reread them and I realize all the gruesome details that either I didn't hear as a kid or We just kind of glossed over. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: the thing with um, Little Red Riding Hood to me is always the fact that the wolf actually eats the grandma and in some cases Little Red Riding Hood as well. And then they, um, the woodsman or whatever his name is, um, ends up cutting the wolf open. They're both fine. Apparently they were swallowed whole by a wolf. And then instead of just killing the wolf, they fill him with stones and Like, he drowns or something. Like, it's just, like, a lot of extra steps for kind of gruesome details of even just the classic version.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it's, like, when I was reading it again, like, the way they describe cutting the wolf open, like, it's really graphic. (laughs) And it makes absolutely no sense that they would just come out of his stomach completely fine. He saves the day. The wolf dies. It's just, like, it's so unnecessary.
0: (laughs) Well, it's even weird. I mean, I think, like, an early version I heard as a kid, the wolf, like, had locked the grandma in the closet or something. Like, it, he hadn't actually swallowed oh. her. Or, I don't know, but...
1: That was, like, the watered-down Yeah. Version.
0: <laughs> but it's just funny to think of how long some of these tales have been around, too. And these are, like, the stories we've been telling children for centuries or, <laughs> or whatever it is.
1: I know. I mean, so the version that I researched a little bit was... Um, so the, apparently, the best known version is by Charles Perrault and the brothers Grimm. There's like the two best known versions, but the earliest known printed version is. Um, get, do you want to guess where it's from?
0: Only because you're asking me, I'm gonna guess France. But yes, we really, oh, that's France. so cool. So it,
1: it takes place in France, um, and that's pretty cool because the entire Scarlet, the entire Scarlet book, takes place in France too. So, and we learned from. Um, reading Cinder that the earliest uh, known printed version of Cinderella takes place or er, was found in China and
0: Cinder took place in New Beijing. So that's a pretty cool connection. I think that I already liked that the setting changed. Like I thought that was just an interesting way to tell the story and kind of bring us, you know, make the world more real. But hearing that it's based on where they're actually the tales are actually from is really, really cool.
1: I know it's a really nice touch. So I'm, I'm curious to read the other two books and see if that theme continues throughout um i hope
0: so although i'm also hoping they go to the moon and as far as i know none of yeah. these stories were written on the moon that's originally a good point.
1: <laughs> that's a good point um so i also read i also researched um another version that was extremely horrific and it was from
0: italy i don't know if i'm ready for this okay uh, it,
1: get ready <laughs> um it's from Italy and it's called the False Grandmother or La La Nonna Finta, and it was written by Italo Calvino. Okay, so somewhere in like the 1900s, I think.
0: Yeah, I think somewhere around there. That was, I, yeah, that sounds right.
1: Somewhere the, the early, mid <laughs> to late 1900s, something somewhere around there. Somewhere between
0: the early and late 1900s, earlier or exactly. later than that. Yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> right in that time frame. <laughs>
1: It's a good thing this isn't a history podcast. We'd be in big trouble. Um, okay, so in this story, it starts out the same as the Brothers Grimm. So Little Red Riding Hood goes to visit her sick grandmother. And the mom says, uh, you know, stay on the path or something bad will happen. So, of course, she doesn't stay on the path. You know, she's, a, she's a kid. She's going to go pick flowers off the path. That's what she does. And she meets the wolf. And the
0: wolf finds out that he's
1: going. she's going to see her grandmother. So he runs ahead.
0: I also, okay, this is something I've always found interesting about the story. One, I feel like part of it is always this lesson of you should listen to your parents or else bad things mm-hmm, will happen. Yeah. But two, the wolf, like, really put a lot of thought into this. Instead of just eating the girl and <laughs> then going to the grandma's house and eating the grandma, he was like, I'm going to go to the grandma's house, trick her, and then eat her.
1: <laughs> well, maybe because he knew he could eat both. It was like a two-for-one deal. But one if he deal. could get
0: the grandma anyway. like he, <laughs> That's awful. He could have still eaten her and then gone to grandma's because he went to grandma's first. I mean, that's true. There's, like, an
1: added level of villainy that doesn't <laughs> yeah. need to happen.
0: But. An added level of deception. <laughs>
1: um, well, maybe that's it. You know, he, he deceives her, right? He pretends to be this, like, very charming creature who she believes. Yeah. And she believes is harmless, right? Yeah. So, I guess it's more, more about, like... Stranger danger and listen to your parents. Exactly. And, like, also, don't stray from the path, right? Like, it's about the
0: dangers of not conforming. Which is, uh, we've already mentioned a big theme in all of these books anyways, <laughs> being different and how that hurts, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's safer to stay on the path, yeah. according to these, these tales. So <laughs> the wolf goes to the grandmother's house. And he eats her. <laughs> but he doesn't eat all of her. He leaves a pitcher of her blood and a plate of her
0: flesh what? on the table. Why? You can tell where this is headed. Oh my goodness! This is—is is this going to be another one of those my mom turned into a fish and then I ate her stories? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> oh my so he, he he gets into bed. The wolf gets into the bed. A little red real, little red riding gun comes in, and she says that she's really tired from her journey. And he says, "Well, you know what? I left you some food and some refreshment on the table." So she eats her grandmother, and drinks her grandmother. Does he too.
0: tell her at some point that it is her grandmother, or he just no. like gets a Kick out of. He just gets a kick out of
1: watching her eat her grandmother. It's so. It's revolting.
0: And it gets worse. So much cannibalism in these stories. It gets worse than yeah. that.
1: Don't worry. It gets worse. Oh, so after she
0: eats her dear grandmother,
1: the wolf tells her to take her clothes off and to get in
0: bed with him. Because that's a normal thing you do with your grandma, not? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're really close. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so she does. Oh, of course. Yeah, she's like, okay, I'll do what
0: he tells me to do. So she takes (laughs) off her clothes and she burns them. She burns them? Because it's not enough to just take them off. Does she have other clothes (laughs) to change into later? Or she's just... Why does she burn them? She's cold? I don't know.
1: I don't know. He says, take off your clothes and burn them. So she throws them in the fireplace. And then she gets in bed with him. And then, after she gets in bed with him, only after, she starts to feel like something's wrong.
0: Uh, You think? Yeah, uh... (laughs) what gave you the hint there
1: what gave you that idea so she feels like something's a little off and her way of getting out of it is she tells the wolf that she has to poop (laughs) specifically
0: poop (laughs) i can't make this stuff up (laughs) (laughs) i'm like actually kind of impressed with the creativity that went into coming up with the story
1: I know. So she tell well at first she tells the wolf that she has to use the bathroom and he tells her to just go in the bed Ew. because that's normal when you're sharing a bed with someone.
0: It's it's okay, just to specify it's not normal regardless if you're sharing it with someone. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> the problem is that she's sharing the bed. The problem is that you don't do that in the bed in the you first don't place. In the bed yeah. <laughs>
1: So she has to specify, no, I don't have to go number one, I have to go number two, and I don't want to take a big dump in the bed. And only after that, the wolf says, okay, fine, we'll get out and use the latrine. So she gets out of bed and she runs away and she escapes.
0: Naked, still.
1: Naked, but she still escapes. Naked and
0: full of her grandma's flesh and blood. Oh my god,
1: I know. But, I mean, the nice thing about this story, the one nice thing is that she does get out of the situation just using her own cleverness so she doesn't have she's a little slow
0: on the uptake but she does get the up or she does
1: she does get it eventually she doesn't have to wait for someone to come save her um but this one was kind of creepy because it it changes the whole like stranger danger thing to you know a warning against pedophilia
0: kind of because there's these like sexual undertones although at the same time if you're gonna talk to your kids especially i would think back in the day when people didn't really talk about certain things Telling them stories like this is the best way to be like, this is not a you know, like if someone's doing this, yeah. they might be the big be- like kind of painting that villain yeah. in that situation, I guess, is
1: it's easier to tell your kids that instead of like, hey, don't don't hang out with your weird Uncle Ed, you know, like
0: <laughs> I hope you don't have a weird Uncle Ed who listens to this podcast. I,
1: I, I do have an uncle Ed, but it's okay. <laughs> he's not weird, he's very nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like the whole don't take candy from strangers. Yeah. Because it might be your grandmother.
0: <laughs> and the whole thing of mom is always right. If she had never strayed off the path, this never would have happened.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I mean, it's a terrifying way to get kids to do what you want to, what they want to do.
0: So I wonder uh, to what extent uh, grandma, what's her last name? Benoit? Benoit. Yeah. What kind of trouble she's in. To what extent. And Scarlett. Yeah. Hopefully Scarlett won't be eating her. I hope someone poops in the bed, though. <laughs> I don't know if I want to read that, to be honest. This is enough conversation about that for me. <laughs> it will be
1: interesting to see what kind of parallels there are to um the Scarlet story.
0: And figuring out if this wolf is a good guy or a bad guy.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of wolves, so I kind of, like, really don't want my patronus to be a wolf anymore after, like, reading all this crap about wolves. <laughs> but then I was thinking, like, why – why are wolves always the villain? Yeah,
0: because little three little pigs, they're the villain. It's the big bad wolf. It's the same guy.
1: Yeah, they're always the bad guys. And so I did some more research. And um, you're really
0: good at finding all these horrific, detailed stories, by the way.
1: <laughs> I mean, are you surprised? You know how much I like dark and disturbing things.
0: I know. I feel like I do research and I'm like, oh, like, that's so interesting. And you're like, I found this terrible thing that happened. And 300 years ago yeah <laughs> i can't wait to tell you about it tell you in detail now <laughs>
1: um okay so when i was doing research i uncovered the true life origin story of the big bad wolf this will be good. Oh, it's buckle up because it's gonna be a rough <laughs> ride i promise um so it explains a lot about why people were terrified of wolves and why wolves are featured as the villain in so many stories so all right here it is so in um in 1589, so this is before any of the Little Red Riding Hood stories had been written, uh, there was a farmer in Germany, and his name was Peter Stump.
0: That's a great name. Parents really gave him a... Fun
1: fact, uh, people called him Peter Stump because he had one arm.
0: Oh, so Stump was not his given name. That was, or it was given as a endearing nickname. Yeah.
1: That's how sensitive, <laughs> that's how good people were back then.
0: Uh, poor guy.
1: Not a whole lot of empathy in the 1500s anyway um so peter stomp's famous because he was at the center of one of the most did it
0: get eaten off by a wolf well no what his arm didn't get eaten off by a wolf did it
1: no no i it's worse than that actually (laughs) oh man actually we don't know how he lost his arm okay that wasn't written that wasn't part of the story but um he's famous because he was at the center of one of the most well-known werewolf trials in history
0: werewolf trials yeah was that a common thing yeah well, I don't know, because we know about the witch trials, yeah, right? I've heard about those plenty.
1: I've never heard of a werewolf trial.
0: Do they also have vampire trials and... I hope so. Uh, what other? Zombie trials?
1: Zombie tri- <laughs> <mommy> trials. Mummy trials.
0: <laughs> so what is a werewolf trial... Okay, sorry, you tell your story. <laughs> I have so many questions.
1: Well, I'll tell you what a werewolf trial is like in a bit. Okay. It's not nice. It's not pretty. But, so he was known as the werewolf of Bedberg. Okay. And what happened around this time was children started going missing in the town. And uh, so in in the classic case of scapegoating, they all pointed fingers at the guy with one arm.
0: Because he's the most likely to be able to grab a young child.
1: Yeah, exactly. Come on. So they take Peter Stump in for questioning, a.k.a. torturing. And... Uh, before they even started torturing him, he started confessing to all of these horrific crimes.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure torture back in the 1500s is something you wanted to avoid. I
1: know it's actually pretty smart because, I mean, even like the threat of torture would make me spill every secret I've ever been told ever.
0: Note to self: Don't tell Marissa. Don't tell me anything. National <laughs> secrets in case she is tortured. <laughs> That's not likely. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's smart. Like, he he knew he wasn't getting out of this, so he was just like, let me start confessing. So, here's what he confessed to. He said that the devil gave him a magical black belt that enabled him to turn into a werewolf whenever he wanted. And uh, when he was transformed, he said that he killed and ate 14 children. Oh, my goodness. He ate them? I know. Yeah, <gasps> killed and ate 14 children, one of whom was his own son, and he said he ate his brain.
0: Okay, zombie. Isn't that a zombie thing? Okay. Uh, yeah,
1: maybe he was a, a, a weird hybrid of a zombie werewolf hybrid.
0: Wait, I have a question. Okay. I don't know enough about werewolf lore to be fair. But were mm-hmm. children usually the target? Um,
1: I think I thought it's. I think it was just anyone was a target. Yeah,
0: I thought they just like turned into like ravaged beasts and attacked if you were around, kind of thing.
1: Maybe that's what I thought too. But I don't know. Maybe it was just.
0: I mean, this there were fits more with the Red Riding Hood story, for sure. I'm seeing the connections here.
1: Exactly. Oh, just wait. It gets better. So, or it gets worse,
0: actually. You know, better. Okay, yeah. Let's keep things in perspective here.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so terrible.
0: Oh. How many more children are eaten? Okay. <laughs>
1: but- two. So, he also confessed to killing two pregnant women, mm. and he said that he cut open their stomachs to get to the babies inside, which... Again, you can see the parallels between the story because it's like, you know. Cutting someone open. Yeah. Yeah,
0: mm Mm-hmm. Awful. Um, So, wait. Okay. Finish finish his confession and then I'll have, have questions. Okay.
1: So, this is awful. He also confessed to having an incestuous relationship with his young daughter. And, get this, an incestuous relationship with an older female relative who lived in the next town
0: over. Like where grandma lived.
1: Exactly. So it's all there. There's like the cannibalism,
0: the sexualized relationship with the young girl. We've already said reasons why someone might confess to stuff. I wonder if like he had to confess to stuff and made up the story or if they were like, did you do this? And he was like, yep. You know what I mean? Like, where did all these random details come from?
1: That's the thing. Like, that's why I feel like it was total scapegoating. And I felt like when I was reading this story, like he knew he was not going to get out like there were no free fair trials back then yeah right it was a 1500 so he knew like I don't know I, he was probably like I'm not gonna be able to get out of this so let me just put in as many salacious details as possible give them a good story you know it's almost like it's almost too much to be believable But
0: I feel like even if I wanted to do that I even with my brilliant plans on how I would get be Lavana and take over the world I don't have details like that to throw into a story I make up I
1: don't know. I mean we don't know if
0: he Well, I mean we don't I, know if he did it. We don't know if he I'm curious if they even like found like the eaten remains of someone so he knew that detail or, or like if I don't you know what I, I mean?
1: Don't, I feel like he just I don't know. We don't know if he did it or yeah. not. We're gonna say innocent until proven guilty. It seems like it may have been a case of scapegoating only because um so Peter Stump was Protestant and his country had just been invaded by Catholics. Yeah. So, like, that plays into it, definitely. Especially back then, that was, like, a huge... Yeah. Totally. So, I'm, we really don't know if he but did But still, it, there or. were
0: kids going missing. Yes, So, that's something true. happened to these children. I'm not saying it was him, but... Something happened
1: back then. We don't know what. There was no DNA evidence, so... <laughs> what?
0: They didn't do that? How
1: um, <laughs> insufficient. <laughs> there was just torture. That's it. Um. So, what did they do to him? They killed him. And... They executed him on Halloween, and I will give you the PG-13 version of how they killed him, because it's, I know you don't do well with gore. They essentially just, uh, they put him on a wheel, and, oh, I'm skipping that part. There were, I'm re- sorry, I'm reading this from my notes. So, there were hot irons involved. Use your imagination. They um, bludgeoned his limbs with an axe head until his bones oh. broke, and then they cut off his head, and then for good measure, they burned his body on a pyre, and they did that because they were afraid he would return from the grave. And then, as a warning against similar behavior, I guess, the the authorities put his head on a spike, and they erected it above town, and beside it, they flew a banner with a picture of a wolf on it. Oh my goodness. So, there you have it. The Big Bad Wolf. Okay, so
0: I get where the story came from. And I'm really glad I didn't live in the 1500s. Oh my god, me too. Although I'm Catholic, yeah. so I might have been okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you might have been, I was Catholic too,
1: so. I'm just kidding, that's not but what that's I meant. fine.
0: <laughs> also, we are women, so I'm pretty sure that wasn't a great time to.
1: Well, we would have been bird as witches. Definitely. Uh, clearly. <laughs> they would have taken one look at me and been like, that girl is no good.
0: Especially because we want to like hear all these stories and read and like. Come up with these crazy tales, I, I feel like, yep. Tell me the story of Little Red Riding Hood again, huh? <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, so that was the story of Peter Stump.
0: Okay, well, I feel bad for Peter. I feel bad for wolves, too, though, because they're really awesome creatures, but they get a bad rep. <laughs> they
1: sure do. Oh. Well, at least we know, like, the history of maybe why, and it kind of gives you a good backstory about why there was so much, I don't know, why... why Wolves became villains in so many stories. Yeah. I guess.
0: I also think that the parents should take a lesson away from this too, which is like maybe don't send your young daughter through the woods if there's a wolf eating people.
1: If you know that, yeah, if they're like that's just. So we know there's a wolf out there, but I mean, you know, you got to take a chance sometimes. Or or even
0: just kids are going missing. Maybe don't send your daughter alone into the or any of your children alone into the woods. Maybe even send your both your daughters together, so at least there's two of them. we need more
1: helicopter parenting back in the 1500s clearly
0: gonna write a book send it back in time okay now that we've talked about the origins of the big bad wolf specifically and red riding hood in general what connections have we seen back to scarlet and very creatively named wolf so far in the book
1: you know there so the one obviously so scarlet's grandmother has gone missing And she found that she left without her port screen and her ID chip, so she knows something bad has happened.
0: Something there's funny business going on. She's been
1: kidnapped, she thinks. And the other thing was that we see Scarlet as a character being very brave and kind of having a temper, I guess, which to me was a lot different from like the wide eyed little red riding hood who's like completely taken in by this wolf.
0: Yeah, although there is some extent of, similarly to how uh, Red Riding Hood trusted the wolf in the forest, I'm curious if wolf is a trustworthy character or not.
1: I know, and that's the thing, like, so Scarlet trusts him to take, well, she she's kind of forced to trust him because she needs to find her grandmother, and he's really the only person who can take her to him, or take, yeah, take her to her. So I was thinking, like, she's following him out of desperation. She's not following him because she isn't – that she thinks he's a perfectly fine person. And, and she's maintaining her suspicions. Yes. You know, she's being very careful and she's not allowing herself to trust him wholeheartedly. But, I mean, I was thinking that, too. I was like, would I do what she's doing? Would I follow this complete stranger who has this kind of weird – past that you're not sure of and i was like it depends on how desperate i was like i can't say that i wouldn't but i mean she feels like she really has no other options
0: and he's been giving her some like she's learning a lot from him too like about her dad or about her grandma being um pregnant or giving birth to her dad nine months after being back right from luna and and she didn't it's so weird that her grandmother never mentioned that to her although at the same time her family is kind of weird. And, I mean, especially the dad slash grandma's son. They have a really weird relationship with him. I don't even think he knows his past.
1: No, I I'm i not sure.
0: With everything going on in the world and how people treat and are suspicious of lunars, maybe it was just easier to... Keep it a secret? Keep her ignorant. Yeah. I mean, it's she's kept a lot of secrets from her, it seems like. I
1: know. And that's what... I mean, I'm, I'm sure she did it because she thought it was... The best thing to do and the safest I don't know the safest path but at the same time like you get you can you can see that Scarlet feels betrayed because yeah she feels very close to her grandmother she feels like they have no secrets between them and then all of a sudden they reveal that she had a huge secret that she kept from her for so long and I think you see her struggling to come to terms with that because Michelle Benoit didn't tell her because she knew that telling Scarlet would endanger her like the less she knew the better because, you know, she was just kidnapped and presumably it's because these people think that she knows what happened to the princess Celine and may have answers. And so you can tell that she withhold it just for her own protection.
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of, I mean, we talked a lot about how Cinder struggles with that, you know, sense of identity and being different and dealing with family. And I think that, um, Scarlett's doing a lot of similar things in a very different way. Does that make any sense? Like she has, she has that one really close family member who she feels betrayed from, as opposed to not having any close family. Yes. Well, then they both have pasts that
1: they don't. They don't know their history. They don't know their family history. Yeah, and
0: they're both learning. Mm-hmm. And they're it, both. Yeah. Kind of- and I'm also curious what it means if she's potentially what a quarter lunar. Yeah. Or definitely a quarter lunar, like how that if she has a Does gift she have any glamour abilities or some other like hybrid weird thing that i don't know.
1: Yeah, i don't know, maybe that'll come out later. Like, you know, if she's ever in yeah. danger or something maybe it'll appear. Yeah. Kind of like a different like sender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um i like i like scarlet as um i like that she has the she wears a red sweatshirt so that's like a tie into the little red riding hood. A red hoodie. Red hoodie. Oh, right. like a red hood, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's even better um and i like that i
0: i also have a red hoodie sweatshirt from when i was on the basketball team in sixth grade and that's what i always picture her
1: in uh, why don't you why didn't you wear it now
0: i should have, should have although this isn't filmed anyways so that's it's okay.
1: true. <laughs> um you, i like how you can tell that i like how she is like a temper but
0: you can also tell that she has a good heart she's like fiery and passionate She's like – that's how I would describe her passion. Yes. That's why she gets really heated about things, but it's also, like, her, her heart's in the right place.
1: Totally, because you see her defending Cinder, um, like, at the very beginning when the people in the bar are watching. It was so funny because it, it was so um, relatable because it was, like, when a viral YouTube comes video comes around and everyone's watching it and they're all laughing at it. But then you have to stop and be like, dude, like, that's a person who's getting, like, you know – I don't know. And so – you could see Scarlet having very big problems with that, even though she didn't know Cinder at all. She stepped up and defended her and said, "You know, that's a sixteen-year-old girl. You need to you need to stop making fun of her. That's not okay." And so I liked yeah. I liked that.
0: And she is was raised and is more tolerant than I think a lot of the other citizens we've seen. Oh yes, so far. <clears throat> but it's nice to see that like there are people like that in this world still. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: And I think that's part of the reason why she trusts Wolf because she knows appearances are not everything. And yes, he looks a little ferocious, but, you know, she wants to give him the benefit of the doubt and believe that he's trustworthy.
0: He's also like, I don't even know if I trust him or not. Like, it's not just like, I think she's being too trusting. Like, I can't quite figure out which parts are true and which parts are kind of a game. Like, is he telling her this information to get her to trust him? Or is he telling her the truth? And he's in this kind of tricky situation, or is he, you know, like... And is he gonna... I don't... I'm just worried he's leading her into a trap, you know? Yeah. But I don't know if he's doing it even intentionally, or he just thinks he's in more control, or is he... I don't know.
1: I mean, the fact that we see other pack members now, so we meet his brother, Ran.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's... I mean, and they... I think that was very real. Like, even though they're brothers, there is a lot between them.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. And...
0: And that didn't seem fake to me.
1: That didn't. And and that kind of made me feel better because whenever he met Ran and he was immediately on guard, Mm -hmm. I kind of was thinking like, okay, maybe he's upset because he really doesn't want to be part of this pack anymore and he's worried about meeting his brother. I I felt like if he's leading Scarlet into a trap, he wouldn't care about seeing another pack member.
0: Yeah, but then some of the stuff Ran was saying, it also, like, is he being too cocky even? Or is he, like, I don't know, is he... I mean, basically, Ran was just saying, like, you don't really have a choice. You're an alpha. You have to, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you're part of the pack, deal with it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's going to kick in later, even if his issues with Ran are real.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see more about the pack and the hierarchy there, because I like the idea of there being um, alphas, omegas, and betas. Mm -hmm. And I hope we seem... And that's a real
0: wolf thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I do kind of feel bad for the omegas, though. Just, yeah. like, when they were when I, when they were talking about how they get picked on all the time, and I don't know. Like, <laughs> also, <laughs> it it
0: sad. I, I was just thinking about that <laughs> Rand part of the book, too, and speaking of Scarlet and her temper or her just whatever, I love that she shot Wolf. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I just really appreciated that she, like, had that spot to do that.
1: Well, I like, I like it because in so many books or movies, they're like, I'm going to shoot you, and they're like, no, you're not. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right.
0: And, but in this I mean, this case, and she, I'm actually, she did. And I'm glad she didn't, like, kill him, obviously. <laughs> but she was just like, no. Like,
1: like my, I when I say I'm going to do something, I'm really going to do it, so you should believe me.
0: Yeah. I really like her.
1: I do, too. And she's very, um, I don't know. She's just, she's so brave. Like, even when she goes to the, to the fights to see him, like, she's not at all afraid of demanding answers from him. And standing up to him like she doesn't allow yeah. herself to be bullied and I really like that
0: it's also it's interesting though because I mean we have like these multiple perspectives of the story at this point because we know everything going on with Cinder mm-hmm. and whatnot so I feel like you know we know Queen LaVanna's serious trouble and we know that Princess Celine is really out, you know like we know certain That's facts true. and part of me wants to be like Scarlet get your head like think big picture a little bit <laughs> <or> something. <laughs> It's not all about your grandma, Scarlet. But, but, but then I'm like, wait, her life is just, like, yeah. I mean, her, it she it, makes sense as yeah. a character. But part of me just wants to be like, hey, <laughs> don't forget or be aware that this other stuff is going on.
1: Okay. So um, we do have a lot of other stuff going on. So um, Kai refused Levana's offer of marriage, which is great. Mm-hmm. But now Levana thinks Kai helped Cinder escape and she... Basically, has given him an ultimatum saying, you find this, um, you find Cinder or I will attack Earth in three days. So that's pretty scary.
0: Yep. And again, Cinder doesn't know that part, right?
1: I don't think so. I I mean, she
0: knows that Lavana's going to freak out and whatnot, but she doesn't know the ultimatum he's been given. No. And then also new stuff, another character I really like, Thorne.
1: Carswell Thorne. (laughs) Captain. Captain Carswell Thorne.
0: Don't forget the captain part.
1: He's really funny.
0: <laughs> he's, yeah, he's good comic relief. And I like the way – I like that Cinder has someone helping her. And it seemed more belie- more believable than – like Kai obviously can't be helping her right now. And like there, there really was no one to help her. And so I like mm-hmm. that there's this new character. Although I'm not – he's another one. I'm not really sure exactly how much I trust him. But I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he really only cares
1: about his own agenda. And yeah. so – but they're kind of using each other, right? Like he yeah. needs he needs to escape. She needs him for his plane. They have this very loose kind of codependency at this point. But it's it's really funny just seeing them work together and how frustrated they are. Mostly she's mostly frustrated by him.
0: Yeah. Well, because he's so he's just <laughs> he, he reminds me yeah like of a pirate or so you know like just <laughs> like this like smooth talking, overconfident <laughs> like.
1: He's like a Captain Jack Sparrow, is what he is. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's that's exactly what I'm picturing. Yep.
1: And he has like a whole list of things that he's been in jail for and
0: he And he's proud of it.
1: He's so proud of it. (laughs) And I like that he Oh my god. I mean it's super cliched, but it's still so funny, like how he is in love with his ship and like he like that's the only thing he cares about.
0: But also, Um, I mean he's good because he's even all the serious stuff, he keeps such a light attitude. And I yeah. feel like Cinder just got super serious. So she needs that to balance her we out and keep levity. her kind of like, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I do like when um, Scarlet's trying to escape, you see her really struggling again with the morality of using her her lunar gift because she – You mean Cinder, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Who did I say?
1: You said Scarlet. Cinder. The, wait, Cinder. Is
0: Scarlet is escaping the train? Okay. No. Um, we see
1: <laughs> Cinder struggling with using her own gift because she accidentally uses it on Thorn. And she feel, ends up feeling really bad. But then at the same time, like, when they're escaping, she is almost frightened by how easy it is to use it mm-hmm. when in times of desperation. Um, hold on. There was, like, a quote. Actually, there was a quote that I saw that... Me, i really liked because she was just talking about how um she hates having the gift because she feels so manipulative and she's mm-hmm. so she uses it to, on these soldiers to kind of when she's escaping and she uses it intentionally because she knows there's no other way out and uh it says thorn was staring slack-jawed when cinder turned back to him what are they doing Obeying, she said heavily, hating herself for making the command, hating the hums that filled her ears, hating this gift that was too unnatural, too powerful, too unfair. But the thought to release her control over them never
0: crossed her mind. Yeah. And I mean, and this all makes sense, especially because she hasn't had any guidance or training in how to use it. And she's in such a desperate situation.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And the thing, though, that I don't know, the thing that I did like was you see her trying to make a judgment call over when she needs to use it and when she doesn't. So there's a scene later when she realizes that she can use her glamour to hide her cyborg hand mm-hmm. and look completely human. And then she stops herself because she realizes that that's exactly the sort of thing Levana would do, and she doesn't want to be like her. So it's kind of a cool moment where you see her having to make a decision about who she wants to be mm-hmm. and – like you know what identity she wants to have
0: yeah and i think it's interesting too because cinder also has the advantage of having grown up in this human world and never knowing that she was lunar or different thinking of the lunar gift as manipulative like i would Mm -hmm. assume if she had grown up on luna she would have if everyone has the gift for the most part and it's celebrated and or what you know whatever it you wouldn't necessarily stop and think about it being manipulative if everyone's doing it all the time it would be a tool you would think yeah. of
1: it as a tool.
0: Yeah. So I think she kind of has an advantage there of kind of approaching it from this different background so that she can say, wait, Queen Lavana was like, mm-hmm. I don't like, no one likes how she acts. So she therefore, I want to be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you see her in this section, you do see Cinder also just deciding for herself and finally getting some agency over her life. Mm-hmm. So even though Dr. What's his no. name? No. Mm-hmm. Erland, or something. Yeah. erland tells her I I need you to meet me in Africa she decides to go to Europe instead because she wants to find Michelle Benoit and get some get some knowledge about her past So it's kind of like she doesn't want the responsibility of being Princess Celine right now she only only she only ever wanted her freedom mm-hmm. and I don't know you see her kind of making a decision for herself for once. Instead of doing what someone tells her, even though, you know,
0: Earth kind of needs her to step up and be Princess Celine, But at the same time. How can she possibly be Princess Celine without having more answers at the same time? Like, can you even imagine what, like, that's crazy. Like, everything about it. She just found out she's lunar. She just found out she's a princess. She just found out that... The queen of the universe at this point, basically. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, is out to get (laughs) Miss Universe. Can
1: we call her Miss Universe from now on?
0: (laughs) But and she's what, sixteen years old? Yeah. And she has no friends and no family (laughs) and no one to rely on. And her her best friend right now is a ship and a guy who's in love with his ship.
1: (laughs) Oh, he goes the ship now. That's right. (laughs) which Poor is also Ico. funny
0: i love how eco also has all these like she's so self-conscious about like how she's a ship right now.
1: i know and she's like
0: i i don't like, like this she feels all. ugly yeah i
1: know i know you can blame her though i mean
0: i know but it's also funny because she also you know always wants to be useful right mm-hmm. and like she can't be any more useful than being a ship at this moment <laughs> But yeah, there's I mean, and I also I think she did uh, a good job just to mention it. Now that we have more parallel plots going on, I think keeping the pace going with all of them and switching between them often. Like, I think sometimes that timing can be really hard for an author. But I felt like everything was moving forward at a good pace. I agree. All the different characters.
1: Yeah. And I didn't mind switching back and forth between Cinder's story and Scarlet's story because it kept it kept it from getting tedious. You know, it Mm -hmm. always kept it fresh because you were like oh, I'm really interested to see what Kai's doing now. I want to see what Cinder's up to. And you get all of that. And it and it's not jarring mm-hmm. to go back and forth. Yep. Uh, so what do you think is going to happen?
0: Well, I mean, okay. So again, going back to this whole Little Red Riding Hood story, I mean, traditionally you show up and grandma's gone and the wolf is pretending to be grandma, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking some – version of that. Obviously, I don't think Wolf is going to secretly be her grandma, but Mm-mm. knowing that how the Lunars use their gifts and whatnot, I'm curious how how that plays out. I think it's going to in some way. Do you think we'll meet a huntsman? I don't know. I think – I kind of think so, I guess. I feel like he's pretty standard for the story.
1: I know. I agree. I'm just curious as to, like, who it's going to be.
0: I know, because I don't ima- – I mean, maybe it's Thorn or something, uh, but oh. I do so. Well, because
1: they're on their way to Europe right now, right? So they're trying to find them. So maybe they will intersect at some
0: point. Although also I'm curious, like, in the traditional hunts, if the huntsman kills the wolf and the wolf is wolf. Oh, that might be But we're not really sure wolf is actually a bad guy. Like, <laughs> we I, don't I, like, I just have die. so many things that are, like... <laughs> also, Thorne's kind of useless right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think I just, I, again, I really like him as a character and I want him to, like be more (laughs) like I'm hoping that he is more than just the comic relief kind of thing I mean he is but like you know I I, like see big things for him still (laughs) or I want big things for him still
1: and you want to see like more to his character than just being this like shallow womanizer I don't know
0: yeah although I'm also because okay it is kind of one of those stories too where he thinks all the women love him (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, him and Cinder don't feel that way right now, but I wonder if they spend enough time on the ship, if it'll be, like, competition for Kai or, like.
1: Oh, well, Kai doesn't want anything to do with Cinder now.
0: Oh, well, that's true. But I still feel like
1: that's sad. he's her
0: prince charming, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, like, based oh. on the first book, Cinder's story. I don't
1: I don't, I don't. I don't know. I still want Cinder and Kai to end up together somehow, even though he's, like, we're, we're never, we're not,
0: I don't You're want to We're never, anything. ever, ever getting back together. <laughs> Like, ever. <laughs> I think I mentioned in the pilot, I mentioned Taylor Swift occasionally. So
1: <laughs> well, that's fitting then. Yeah. I don't know. But at the same
0: time, Kai has been looking for Princess Celine. so when he figures out that sender.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Like, even before he knew. So we I need to
1: overthrow Lavana. And then him and Princess Celine can get together and they can rule the world together. That's what I want to happen.
0: Although, can they even get together? Because if she's lunar, everyone's still going to freak out about him with a lunar person. But
1: she's a nice lunar.
0: And she has to, like, go, like, run the moon if she (laughs) wins. And she also has to – like, there's so many things that have to go right. Also, I secretly like it when – Things don't end up happy, so I think I'm kind of rooting for. Her. But
1: it's a fairy tale; it has to end up. They have to look happy ever <laughs> after.
0: Okay, we'll see. We'll give it two and a half more books, and then okay, in.
1: <laughs> yeah, she would definitely need to do some uh, cleanup duty on how everyone views Lunars on Earth.
0: And she also has to get the Lunars to actually accept her too. I'm kind of curious. I don't know. I just, I feel like a lot, a lot needs to happen. And she barely even knows who she is right now or how to use her gift. So I don't know how the hell she's going to overthrow Queen Lovana when she's on the run from every Earthen and every Lunar in the world.
1: Well, she's slowly, like, gaining friends, right?
0: Yeah. Thorne's going to, Thorne's the answer. He's the key. <laughs> Go, Thorne. I want to make t-shirts.
1: Team Thorn? <laughs> Um, My shirt's going to say Team Kai and you can say Team Thorn. Okay. And then we'll fight about it.
0: I don't think I really want Timothy Thunder. <laughs> I just really like him as a character. <laughs> I want him with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, should we uh, leave you, it at that and we'll yeah. check in next week with the rest of the book?
1: That sounds like a good plan. I tried to look up werewolf jokes and they were all really stupid.
0: Okay. Well, so, do you, do you want to tell a stupid one anyways?
1: No, no. I found a different one that's actually made me laugh. Okay, so good. here's your joke. Your joke of the week: mm. As a scarecrow, people say I'm outstanding in my field, but hey, it's in my genes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, I that's, that's good. I like that. Oh man. Okay. Well, on that note, I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, finish Scarlet by next week. <laughs> that's your homework and we'll talk to you then and by you i mean just marissa and everyone else can listen
1: i don't my mom said she's gonna start listening <laughs> Woohoo. i don't think she'll read the saying. books but i think she's gonna
0: well then this might be really confusing actually yeah. <laughs> all right okay bye bookworms
1: go get a library card